the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do this every weekend on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, The legendary Alan Dempsey does our engineering uh, this weekend. And Andrew Herdliska is the producer of this show. And Jay Payleitner is with us in the first half hour uh, from his home in St. Charles, Illinois. And has a wonderful new book out uh, with Harvest House called 10 Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. Uh, Jay, thanks a million for plugging in here. I'm glad we can visit. Oh, Pat, every time I, I chat with you, I learn something myself. So glad to, glad to be talking to you. Uh, so what was the reason behind this book? Oh, my golly. Well, I have a real heart for dads. And uh, uh, and I, I talk to rooms full of dads, and, and I've got other, other books for dads. And, and men come up to me after we're talking, after I speak, and they just say, Jay, Jay, I just can't even break through the wall. I can't even feel like I can't even talk to my kids. And and if you think any any dad who has a teenager knows that feeling where you kind of you stand outside their bedroom door, and it's like there's an invisible force field there, <laughs> and uh, it's like you can't walk into your own teenager's room. So I, the idea of you know uh, helping dads launch into conversations with their kids, the importance of of talking to your kids and, and engaging them and, and passing on your own wisdom and experience. I think every dad out there listening, uh, Pat, you know this, has, uh, has something that, has stuff they want to pass on, and sometimes we get so busy that we forget to just to slow down and talk with our kids. Well, I'm eager to plow into the ten different topics hmm. uh, that you share here. Number one, on family. What do you have to tell us there, Jay? Well, yeah, the book is divided kind of into ten different conversations, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you if you think about it, uh, 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 it needs to start with honoring the family, uh, the idea of traditions. Uh, you know, and, and that's how you, that's how you keep your door open. Uh, and you think about, um, uh, you know, <laughs> if you, I, on that chapter, I spent a lot of time on the idea of traditions and and stuff that. Uh, that kids learn to build trust and, and honor in the family. If you ever want to talk to your teenager or want to start a conversation, go ahead and skip a family tradition. Uh, think about Christmas. If you put a, you've had the same star on top of the tree for you know a dozen years, and you put a different ornament on top of the tree, you're going to have a conversation with that kid. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's kind of a, a lighter side to the whole thing. But um, uh, each of the chapters uh, ends up with... Um, some questions you can ask. And uh, on the topic of family, I encourage uh, a dad to ask his 8-year-old son or, or 9-year-old daughter, uh, does, does our family have a reputation in the area? And it might be, uh, it might be something like, yeah, it's, it's a great family, a lot of kids, or a great family. Uh, the old man's a little, little squirrely or crazy. So uh, I end each of the chapters with, um, with conversations, uh, with uh, with questions that uh, will lead to different conversations. So, yeah, family is the first one, and I think uh, that's a great uh, foundation to uh, launch the rest of the book. Second topic, on competition. Well, uh, you'll, yeah, you'll appreciate this, Pat. The idea that um, uh, you have to know, Dad, uh, who you are and, and what you want out of your kids. Um uh, and you need to push them to excellence, but you have to kind of know how far to push them. And the idea of uh, of uh, uh, making sure that uh, uh, you know each of your kids are different, each kid is built differently. I think of that great uh, that great uh, Psalm 127. Uh, uh, children born children born to a young man are like arrows in a in a warrior's hands. And each kid, you gotta you gotta take that arrow and you gotta sharpen them. 
You got to, but you got to choose a target that's different for each one. Each kid is different. So the idea of competition is really knowing how hard to push your kids and and coach your kids, and and the idea of winning is in, in, winning is awesome, but there are more important things than winning. Um, uh, you know, sportsmanship and digging down excellence and uh, and trying your best, uh, but at the same time, winning uh, winning is uh, is is something you you want to you want to. Uh, challenge you because I I love the quote by uh, uh, John D. Rockefeller. I cheat my boys every chance I get. I trade with the boys and skin them. I just beat them every time I can. I want to make them sharp. Mm. I think that's what dad. That's the role of a dad is to keep their kids sharp and to and uh, to never let them win in driveway basketball. Uh, never uh, you let don't let your eight year old win in driveway basketball because when they're about twelve or thirteen or fourteen, they'll beat you fair and square. And, and that's one of the great lessons of, uh, of, of competition. How about on creativity? Hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, of the ten, uh, the ten uh, chapters on uh, conversations, ten conversations kids need to have with their dads, I, uh, creativity is, is, is one of my sweet spots. And so uh, I made sure that I included a chapter on that. And really, it's about, I start with, start with the story of this. Dad, um, if, you're, uh, if your four-year-old brings you a little sheet of paper, and you can't even tell what it is. He's scribbled on it with some crayons. Um, he, he's going to jump up on your lap, and, and you want to say, uh, you want to say, uh, what is this? But no. Uh, instead, you say, man, I love this. This is awesome. Uh, t- tell me why you use this color over here, and tell me how you, how you chose to do this over there. And suddenly, you're engaging them in their artwork. Uh, and then, because uh, you, you don't want to crush their little creative spirit, you're going to want to launch them into, uh, into curiosity and expanding possibilities. Uh, you want to ooh and ah over their little, little project. Um, so, um, uh, and then you want to lead them into, uh, that leads to other creative brainstorming sessions on, on how to get things done. Um, uh, and uh, the, the, the worst thing that could happen to a, not the worst thing, but one of the worst things that can happen to a dad and a kid is, uh, is when he grows up, he kind of wastes the creative, creative ability. I think every kid has a creative outlet. It might be, it might be you know, art. It might be photography. It might be the spoken word. It might be writing. It might be uh, the, the the skill to debate. Uh, it might be uh, you know, um, uh, sculpture or, uh, or 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 music. Uh, I think that one of a dad's jobs is to uh, is to know their kid well enough to know what to encourage them in, so that they can explore those creative gifts. And now we move to number four. On big picture thinking. <laughs> well, uh, um, hey, uh, one of the stories I love to tell is um, I uh, I scraped and painted my garage door for uh, for several years in a row, and I finally bought a new garage door, twelve hundred dollars. And uh, I pulled up in my car up to the driveway, and there was my son Isaac and his two buddies uh, playing stickball on my driveway, which is fine, and that's okay. I knew that my new garage door could withstand the, the wiffle ball hits because I bought the heavy-duty gauge garage door for $1,200, by the way. And, uh, but as I pulled up, my eyes went right to these gashes on the garage door. I had, I had remembered the wiffle ball, but I had not considered the fact that on the back swing with their stickball pat, uh, <laughs> they, were, they would gash my garage door. Mm. So my eyes went right to that gash. And uh, I guess I want to ask you, Pat, do you, do you think I raged when I saw it? My new 1200, Pat, did I rage? Did I rage at my son Isaac? I think you did. I did not. Ooh. I claim victory for all dads. I did not rage because my mind instantly calculated what was going on. I did some big picture thinking. My kids were not, uh, uh, you know, there was no squad cars pulling up. There was no beer cans littering the lawn. My kids were my my son and his two buddies were not in the basement playing some creepy dark video game. They were on my driveway playing the time honored game of stickball. Mm. And so I say, the, you remember the old TV? You know, stickball three bucks, wiffle ball four bucks, garage door twelve hundred dollars, but driveway stickball. My my son's playing that. That's priceless. And uh, uh, was it the old um, uh, the old. Uh, 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 Baseball player from with the Twins used to say uh, um, he was uh, out uh, on his front lawn playing with his dad, and mom mom opened the front screen door and said, "Hey, hey guys, you're tearing up the front lawn." And 
the dad said, "We're not sweetheart. We're not. Uh, we're not raising grass. We're raising boys." And I think that's what we have to do as dads. We have to raise raise our sons and daughters. Uh, Got to put them first, and was, so we can resod and rescreen and put up new garage doors uh, later on. But right now, we're raising our kids. And you had a big picture of your son roaming center field at Wrigley Field <laughs> in about ten years. Yeah, I can. Well, well, I can of picture course. it, Jake. That's, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. All right, Jay Payleitner is with us. We got more talking about his new book, 10 Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. Harvest House is the publisher. You're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. We'll be right back. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Dads are born warriors. My family's safety is my responsibility. Lord forbid anything were to happen while I'm traveling. So my wife and I decided to get a home security system. The best advice came from a buddy who said he had a Vivint home security system. He's an ex-cop, so he should know. So we went with Vivint. Later, I was traveling and got that feeling like I should check on my family. It was late, so I connected to my Vivint home security system from my smartphone. My security camera showed everything was okay, but my oldest forgot to lock the back door and set the alarm. No worries. I armed the system and lock the doors right from my smartphone. What a blessing. I'll never totally stop worrying, but with Vivint, I worry way less. Get Vivint Home Security, winner of Consumer Digest's Best Buy Award for its advanced security. Call and get up to $1,800 in security equipment at no charge. That's $1,800 in security equipment at no charge. Call 800-691-ORDER. 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 Restrictions apply. 48 or 60 month agreement at minimum $68 per month and activation fee required. Not available in Louisiana. See Vivint.com for license numbers. Here's Martin Renforth, president of Above and Beyond AC. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, I'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. No matter how large or small, I'll send 10% of the purchase directly to your church. That's the Above and Beyond 10% promise. At Above and Beyond AC, we know you have a lot of AC companies to choose from. We hope you'll choose us, but we encourage you to get two quotes. You'll find that our pricing is always transparent and competitive. Call 407-483-7945. Right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. That's 407-483-7945 for Above and Beyond AC. Remember the Above and Beyond 10% promise. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, we'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. Call 407-483-7945. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Jay Payleitner is with us. We're talking about his new book, 10 Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. Let's get to the next one, Jay, on work. Oh, you know what? Um, uh, I am not an expert on work because I haven't been able to hold a job. That's just one one of the things... I, uh, I've always had trouble doing. The last 25 years, I've been a freelance radio producer, and uh, and my paycheck. There's no such thing as a paycheck. I'd make I'd make big bucks one month and nothing the next month, all over the place. And then I've got these book publishers, so I these book publishing deals, so I get royalty checks every six months, and then I broke the other month. It's crazy. And so I always I was always worried that my kids. I mean, I didn't go off to work at eight o'clock in the morning and come back at six o'clock. Like, not a, and there are actually very few dads do that these days because there's so many different uh, uh, work responsibilities and travel schedules, that kind of thing. Uh, Pat, I'm sure uh, your, your your travel schedule is all over the place. But um, uh, so I was kind of worried that my my kids. I have four sons, all out of college, all married, mm. all productive members of society. Mm. I have a daughter also. She's going to college in Ireland. Um, I was uh, I was worried that they wouldn't understand the concept of uh, the discipline of getting up and doing the doing the you know forty hour work week. But son of a gun, somehow they saw me paying bills. They saw me putting food on the table. They saw me uh, uh, you know uh, getting stuff done. And so they all have a have a work ethic. And I think that's job one for uh, for dad when it comes to teaching your work. You need to model that. You need to. Uh, um, uh, come back. Uh, you need to need to talk to your kids about what you did do today. Your kids need to know what you do for a living. You need to kind of share some frustrations, share some joys, 
and and talk about uh, you know responsibility on the job and uh, and uh, how and also have the, the the value of leisure time. You know the 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 whole scriptural mandate of you know taking that taking that one day off a week, taking some time off. I think uh, the idea of of having a vacation and leisure um, proves the value of work. And the, when you, if you can engage your kids in conversation about work, they're going to come out, and uh, the next generation uh, is going to is going to be healthy and strong. Uh, uh, we don't want to raise a generation of slugs, and uh, and I, I haven't, and I'm Pat. I know you haven't. So uh, I think that would be the, one of the great challenges of fatherhood is to to talk about work and pursue conversations about work, and and um, and, uh, and and let your kids know that there's. Whatever it is, whatever you do, it to uh, the glory of God. Do your work to the glory of God. Now, how about on money, Jay? Oh, also, you know, you, uh, you've also trapped me. I, I'm also not an expert on on that chapter, but I had to include it. Give ten, ten, ten chapters on conversations with your kids. Your kids need to have conversations with you, Dad, about uh, the value of. Uh, of of money and how money is not the answer to all solutions, uh, but money is uh, is one of those things that uh, uh, is is almost a necessary evil. Can I can I say that? Does that kind of make sense? But there's 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 value to it in that uh, in that uh, we all know that it takes money to get things done, but that can't be our first uh, priority. You can't be the the, uh, the master of both uh, money and uh, and uh, and God. God's got to be your your master there, but. Uh, when it comes to money, there's so many great scripture verses, and so that's what you got to point to. You got to point to um, uh, point to what happens to lottery winners. When, a, when there's a lottery winner in the news, Dad, use that as a, as a jumping off point to talk about how oh, man this guy's going to have trouble because you know what uh, he's going to think money's the answer to his problem. Uh, talk about um, uh, the privilege of tithing. Uh, uh, talk about uh, there's 2,300 verses. In the Bible about money, hmm. um, and then uh, you know, uh, but you, but above all, you got to keep 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 money in perspective, and uh, and again, talking to your kids about uh, why you can't get you can't go out to dinner every night. Well, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna get the the large pizza with everything. We're gonna get the the medium sized pizza with uh, just sausage kind of thing. It's, it's small things, but uh, the idea of uh, of what what's what's important, what value is. So there's a chapter in the book uh, on on money, yeah. How about the seventh topic on laughter? Well, uh, yeah, I've had people question question that. It's like, wait a second, you have, you have to talk about the idea of laughter with your kids, um, have a conversation about laughter, and I think, yeah, if you're not if you're not enjoying life with your kids, uh, then um, then you're also uh, uh, you're also uh, you're missing out, Dad. So start early, you know, burble your kids. You know, a, four, a six-month-old, you need to, you know, burble their tummy. Uh, and then you got to, and then later on, you got to, you know, play peekaboo. You got to tickle them. You got to, you know, grab their, their little feet and call them stinky feet. You got to sing nursery rhymes, and, and you got to imitate them, and you got you to gotta play hide-and-seek. You got to give noogies. Any dad who doesn't give his seven-year-old son noogies at least once a day, Pat, I think is missing out, because I think that's kind of part of the joy of being a dad is uh, – is that kind of, it should be a goofball, Dad. I, I, I just challenge dads to do that. Um, uh, but uh, uh, then, then in that particular chapter, I give a chance to uh, I have a chance to talk about some of my my own family stories about uh, that just led to you know the great moments of joy and laughter, including you know having getting a dog, you just laughing at your dog, and and having taken a miserable family vacation. Uh, uh, and uh, one of the great hints that I, I stumbled across by accident was was uh, shooting uh, everyday video. Boy, a lot of a lot of dads uh, they take these video cameras around and they shoot they shoot sporting events and they shoot uh, they get in the back of the room at the elementary school band concerts and choir concerts. And you never look at those videos again. But the videos that you do watch over and over again are the everyday moments. Um, if you can. Uh, uh, imagine uh, you know, just set up a camera and, 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 and uh, when you get all the kids in the room or at a family dinner table and just shoot that and there's so many funny things that happen during the course of life uh, so uh, laughter is one of the chapters that I that I uh, that I wrote about uh, conversations you need to have with your kids and now we move to the eighth topic on love sex and marriage um, well I put uh, I put all three of those together in one chapter 
because they're so tightly tied together. Uh, and this was one actually, uh, it was, on, on one level, it was kind of tough to write, write that because you've got to be, you know, got to be careful about that kind of thing. It's a, a Christian publishing house, and you don't want to get too graphic, I suppose. But I did, um, uh, I did uh, that idea of uh, telling your kids how plumbing works, how the, uh, you know, the birds and the bees, the sex talk, that needs to happen. And this is a good reminder for any dad listening. You need to teach them that before they hear it from somebody else. Before they hear it in the playground, before they hear it from their friends, before they get it in school. Most school districts, and make note of this, dads, is uh, they teach, uh, you know, the birds and the bees talk uh, and how, how uh, sex organs fit together. They, they talk about that in fifth grade. Usually, again, public schools and private schools as well, they cover that topic. So somewhere before that, dad, you need to be the one that your kids go to. You're the expert. You're the one who can frame it the right way. You're the one who can talk about God's design for marriage and how uh, uh, the marriage bed needs to be kept pure. And uh, uh, there's all kinds of... Uh, you could just do a, you know, a, a Bible search on, on, on sex, and you get all kinds of great scripture verses that are really applicable. I, I include some of them in the book here, of course. But uh, I went ahead and uh, kind of transcribed um, my, that first conversation I had with my oldest son. This is a about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago almost now, uh, of, of talking about uh, the birds and the bees, where kids come from. And I'll never forget, uh, this is Alec I'm talking about, my oldest son Alec. Uh, we had just watched the Cubs game, and um, and uh, and we were. Out, I, I thought, you know what, this is the day I'm going to do this. So we got in the car. Uh, he was about, uh, I think he was, must have been about nine years old, and we were driving someplace, and I, I knew we were driving far enough that I had time to do this. So I did my little soliloquy, talking, and let him ask a question or two. Didn't he didn't say too much of anything, and he finally, I finally got it all out where, uh, where, uh, uh, how sex works. And he turned to me, and, and after a long pause, I said, "Do you have any questions?" After a long pause, he said, "Yeah, uh, why didn't Ryan Sandberg tag up in the fourth inning?" <laughs> <laughs> Because he got it, he heard me. He heard every word I said. But he, and it's like it was his way of saying, "Dad, I got it. Let's move on. I've got it now. If I need any, if I have any questions later on, I'll, uh, I'll ask you. Uh, I'll ask you." Um, so those kind of things, you got to get to it ahead of time when they're still, when they're still, uh, um, you know, naive enough and pure enough that uh, you can tell them, and their eyes get big and wide, and they listen to you. Uh, so there you go. H- have that sex talk, Dad. You know what? If you're going to have the sex talk with your with your son uh, in the next uh, in the next year or two, pick up this book, Ten Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad, and you can read about my conversation, my one sided conversation I had with my son Alec. And now we get to the ninth topic on decision making. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what, Dad's. Um, you make great decisions, and your son and your daughter are going to need to make decisions without you down the road. So uh, your son, they need to see you making wise decisions. And sometimes you have to bring them into the, uh, into the conversation so that they see how you're making decisions. Um, and it really be- it's really that, um, that multiple-step process. You know, you've got to pray. You've got to pursue God's will. You've got to turn to Scripture. You've got to seek wise counsel. And you got to ultimately you got to trust God. So that's a kind of a five-part plan that you have to use in your life. And sometimes, when you're you know choosing even where to go on vacation, uh, what whether to take a job or not, whether to uh, uh, you know whether to uh, what restaurant to go to, or or bigger decisions, uh, uh, what what career choice to make, or what colleges your kids are going to go to. Uh, that five-step process: pray, which is uh, uh, you know, pursue God's will, not your own will. Turn to Scripture, uh, seek wise counsel, and trust God. Um, and again, this, uh, see, I'm getting more serious towards the end of the book. We had some fun. Beginning of the book is family and laughter and, and creativity and competition. But towards the end of the book here, that idea of um, talking with your kids about how you make decisions is one of those uh, is one of those things that uh, you, you can't you can't finish a book on conversations without covering that. And now we get to topic 10 on eternity. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, and, uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, you be the one to, to be the source of truth, and you be the one to lead your little ones to, to uh, salvation with Jesus Christ. Um, 
uh, I, uh, again, my oldest son uh, was invited to an Awana program by the kid, by the family across the street when he was, uh, uh, you know, a younger in grade school. And, uh, and before I knew it, he was coming home telling me that he had accepted Christ as a Savior, and he really knew what that was. He understood grace, and he understood our sinful condition. And uh, uh, my wife and I had accepted Christ uh, uh, as uh, in our 20s, um, but uh, when Alec came home, we, we, we rejoiced in that, that he was in the kingdom of God. But there's also this little bit of, like, darn it, a little jealousy. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be there when he crossed that line of faith and, and truly understood. So, um, again, uh, do that yourself, Dad. So so we made sure, Reed and I made sure that we were there. We were the ones to uh, – it's not a competition. It's not a race. But uh, we were the ones to, uh, to lead our other uh, children to Christ. And, again, we need to talk about heaven. We need to talk about hell. Now, don't don't talk about hell with your four-year-old too much. I mean, maybe they can know the concept, but uh, but you know what? With your teenager, with your middle schooler, talk about hell. Talk about uh, how nasty it is, and the fiery furnace, and the the, uh, the the blazing furnace, and the burning, the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's stuff that you can talk about and and uh, uh, be a little scary and intimidating with a middle schooler or high schooler. But I also you want to focus on on uh, on heaven. And let them know that you know, as as Christians, we get a little taste of heaven on earth. Um, and uh, boy, that's that's actually a pretty easy conversation to start with the kid. Hey, do you ever think about heaven? Or when your kid comes to ask you, uh, Dad, why, will 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 our will our dog be in heaven with us? Those are the kind of questions that you can kick around with them, and it's great fun. So um, that's the book. Ten conversations kids need to have with their dad. Thank you, Pat, for letting me go through all ten chapters. I think that's the first the first radio interview I've done that I got to do all ten chapters. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, uh, what else should we cover here? Give me a thirty second wrap up on your book. Oh, great! Thank you. Um, you know what, uh, dads, enter your child's world. Make sure that you are earning the right to to be part of their life by spending time with them and honoring them. Um, and then kind of clarify your own perspective. You've got to know where you stand on some of these things. That way you can have great conversations with your kids. And uh, you know, blessings to, to all the dads listening today because you've got a job to do. You've got work to do, but uh, I think there's joy in, in every moment. Jay Payleitner has been our guest. His book, Ten Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. Uh, we've got more after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's AM 950, WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. American history is filled with heroes, but our children aren't learning about them. So our friends at Regnery Publishing have partnered with Peanuts for a new series of books that children and parents will love. What's the big idea, Charlie Brown? Where are you going, Charlie Brown? And who cares, Charlie Brown? Teach kids about great inventors, explorers, and humanitarians. Imagine learning about American history from Snoopy, Charlie Brown, and the whole Peanuts gang. Get your copy of these new Peanuts classics at your local or online bookstore today. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace, Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 950 WTLN. TLN. If you're the mother of a child with behavior problems, I'd like to talk to you. My name is Janet Lehman. I'm a behavioral therapist and a mom. I know what it's like when the child you love becomes a defiant, out-of-control child who disrespects you. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the program that tens of thousands of moms are now using to turn around their child's behavior. If you've heard about the Total Transformation and wondered if it will work for you, now you can try it for free. I'm willing to give away a 1,000 programs today for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. I know the total transformation works because I used these techniques with my own son and with troubled kids for over 30 years. Let me prove to you that it works by giving you the program for free. Call now, 1-800-241-0676, 1-800-241-0676. That's 1-800-241-0676.
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Jay Payleitner, our guest in that first half hour, uh, talking about his new book, Ten Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. Uh, we go from the Chicago area to the Denver, Colorado area, where Rick Love joins us, founder and president of Peace Catalyst International, uh, with a new book out with IVP. <clears throat> it's called, <clears throat> excuse me, Peace Catalysts, <clears throat> Resolving Conflict in Our Families, Organizations, and Communities. Uh, so good to visit with you, Rick. How you doing? I'm doing well, and uh, look forward to this interview. Uh, so tell me about the importance of resolving conflict in our families, organizations, and communities. Is it a major problem, Rick? Well, uh, every one of us uh, have experienced brokenness, woundedness, pain uh, through conflict in all areas, really. Uh, some of us have had the privilege and the joy of seeing wonderful moments of reconciliation, forgiveness, and restoration. But uh, as long as we are in this world, we will face conflict. And, and so I'm a reluctant peacemaker, Pat. I, I did not kind of um, sense any calling to this. I just got pulled into this uh, when I experienced conflict on, in my church. Then I was this, uh, a leader of a team, a uh, missionary team in Indonesia. Then I was a leader of a missions organization. And everywhere I went, there was conflict of some sort. Uh, and so I'm the reluctant peacemaker. And uh, this is a huge issue, I think, that uh, robs us of joy. Uh, organizations, it robs them of money because people are not as productive when there's conflict. So... At every level, we face conflict, and uh, Jesus has a lot of answers, and that's why I wrote this book. There are nine chapters in this interesting book. The first one is a question you raise, Rick. Got conflict? (laughs) (laughs) Question mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I already answered that, and I think anyone who's honest realizes uh, that we all face this at different levels. Um. You know, my experience, Pat, is that many, many Christians love uh, John one twelve. It says, as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And certainly it's true. Uh, we become God's child when we believe in Jesus. However, we miss our job description. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. In other words... The job description for God's children is to be a peacemaker. That's our job description, and as His children, we work for peace, and as I like to say, we represent the God of peace, we pursue the peace of God, and we share the gospel of peace. Now we get to a a second topic, what peace catalysts believe. What's the answer to that? Well, uh, I I kind of summarize it there. I had the privilege of uh, attending amazing schools, Westmont College, Fuller Seminary, Westminster Seminary, and uh, I was not taught. I really did not get the training that I needed, or uh, now I see in terms of what the Bible teaches about uh, peacemaking and uh, Jesus' peaceable ways. So uh, I feel like... um, I was ripped off in many ways. Uh, and so as I wrestled with conflict and wrestled with Scripture, uh, I realized that uh, this is a central, huge theme in the Bible. And uh, so um, the whole teaching, for example, of, of the God of peace is mentioned about ten times as, as one of the titles for God in the Bible, uh, one of the most frequent titles uh, and then the whole con that the biblical term peace in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, shalom and Irene in the Greek, uh, there's over 300, uh, about 350 references to peace in Scripture. 
you look at Jesus, uh, he was called the Prince of Peace. Um, he taught about peace. He modeled peace. The death on the cross is the gospel of peace. And in his return, uh, we see that there's huge promises, amazing, beautiful promises of a world restored, uh, enjoying harmony, right relationship at all levels. So Peace Catalyst, uh, I believe what the Bible teaches, it's just so many of us don't really know, and it's not something emphasized as much as it should be. Now I want you to talk about what Peace Catalysts do, um, and you break it down to part one and two, becoming peacemakers. Can you fill us in on that, Rick? Well, um, yeah. I, I think one of the, the biggest challenges for uh, any kind of followers of Jesus is to take Jesus' teaching seriously about relationships. He really did know uh, the best way to relate to others. Uh, and I think that the first thing that peacemakers do is we always have to start with the heart. We need to recognize in any conflict, Jesus said, first get the log out of our own eye, then we can see the speck in our brother's or sister's eye. And that means that uh, even if we're only responsible, Pat, for let's say 10% of the conflict and 90% of the conflict is really because of the other person, according to Jesus, uh, and this is not a suggestion, it's a command. We get the log out of our eye first. We start with our own heart and recognize and acknowledge our part in the conflict. So uh, that's a huge starting point for peacemaking, to start with the heart. Then uh, many times uh, the Scripture talks about make every effort to work towards peace, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Um, the, the phrase, that's from the New international version translating the greek word dioko but it's it's a very powerful profound translation and uh the world would be very different if jesus followers would start with the heart with the log out of their own eye and then make every effort uh to work toward peace um one of the things that i like to point out about both what peacemakers are to believe and to do is romans twelve eighteen says if possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Uh, now, there's, there's three clauses. The last clause, live at peace with everyone. In other words, we are called to peacemaking without borders. Uh, that's another way of saying we're to love our neighbors, our enemies, live at peace with everyone. Then it says, as far as it depends on you, which means that um, the biblical teaching always puts a responsibility for us to take initiative in broken relationships. And Jesus mentioned that again and again. And then Romans 12 says, if possible, this is a teaching from Paul the Apostle, a man who knew conflict, uh, who um, caused some conflict in his life and ministry, but spent much time, much of his time, trying to, to uh, bring unity to the Church and help him work through issues. And so I like to call Romans twelve eighteen peacemaking for dummies. Here's a verse, I think. If I had to choose one verse in the whole Bible, this would be the verse that I think summarizes uh, biblical teaching about peacemaking. So uh, for those who are listening, uh, if you can get one thing out of this time, look at Romans twelve eighteen. Um, that's a great summary of peacemaking. He says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's not always possible. Peacemakers are not always peace achievers. Uh, pe some people don't want to reconcile, but we're always called to pursue that and make every effort to restore those relationships. And then you have an interesting uh, discussion in the fourth chapter, what peace catalysts do, and you lay out the five pillars of peacemaking, Rick. <clears throat> Take responsibility, lovingly reprove, accept reproof, ask for forgiveness, and forgive others. Uh, do you have a quick comment on those five steps there? Well, <clears throat> I think I've already mentioned uh, some of these, uh, especially taking responsibility is another way of saying starting with the heart. Um,
I Rick? guess I would say, yeah, I would say that um, in all these areas, the the about like lovingly reproving, uh, if we start with the heart, if we do take responsibility, the next step is to reach out and love. Um, I've found, Pat, that um, we don't always get all this right. We don't always do this perfectly. But taking that first step, recognizing Jesus commands it and doing the best we can to say, okay, I need to talk to this person. We need to talk this out. That's lovingly reproving. And then um, accepting reproof is is a uh, profound teaching in Scripture 20 times. In uh, the book of Proverbs, it says the wise person receives reproof. Uh, so I certainly don't want to be a fool. I want to be wise. And so I've uh, worked hard at saying, okay, help me listen. Help me to receive everything I can from others. And that that's a huge challenge. And then the asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. Um, the Bible makes it clear that we forgive because Jesus first forgave us. And, and so in all these things, Pat, um, especially lovingly re- reproving, accepting reproof, asking for forgiveness and forgiving, it, it's, it takes little steps. And we need to cultivate uh, these practices in our lives. Uh, and over time, we, we become good at applying these very concrete, essential pillars of peacemaking. Rick Love is our guest. His book is called Peace Catalysts. Uh, Talk about love. How peace catalysts love. You do a whole chapter on it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, wherever I go, and especially as I engage uh, Muslims, much of my peacemaking is between Christians and Muslims. Um, They literally love my name, Rick Love. And it uh, is a great entrance and a great challenge for me to live up to that. But um, peacemaking is love in action. Uh, both Jesus' command to uh, love our neighbor and, and even love our enemies uh, pushes us all beyond our comfort zone, out to those that are different than us, out to those that we struggle with. And so love and peacemaking there's a huge overlap in meaning and practice. And love, of course, in some ways is the bigger motivation and context and teaching for all of peacemaking. We are called to follow the God of love and to manifest his love to others. So uh, peacemakers uh, must embrace the call to love. And it, it breaks my heart, Pat, that uh, some of these basic commands um, are so easily set aside by believers. Well, if this is hard, or uh, they, they, you know, these he's just a bad neighbor, so I don't have to reach out to him. So I think uh, if I could encourage any of our listeners here is, uh, yes, we live with people that are angry, are mean, don't get us, are different. Uh, But Jesus' example, Jesus' calling is always to reach out in love. Uh, And it's often painful love as uh, seen at the cross, the greatest example of enemy love, where Jesus is crucified and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This gospel of peace is, is really the gospel of enemy love, uh, the Bible says that we were enemies and he still loved us. So, um, yeah, I think I've said enough about love at this point. There's... Rick Love, uh, he's our guest. <clears throat> His book is called Peace Catalysts. Uh, <clears throat> we've got one more section with Rick, uh, so stay with us. Just a reminder, it's the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do this every weekend on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. And always happy when you join us. We'll be right back. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. The flu, pneumonia, whooping cough, hepatitis A, shingles, meningitis, tetanus, 
That's a scary list. But did you know immunizations can protect you from every one? You didn't? Well, we do. Rite Aid pharmacists are certified to immunize against the most common preventable diseases. Find out what immunizations you need with a free immunization evaluation at Rite Aid today. With us, it's personal. Availability and age restrictions apply in some states. See pharmacists for details. Never know how! You've packed your family of eight in a five-person car. Packed a week's worth of groceries into one bag. And when your wife says the dishwasher's full, you just laugh. But are you up for the challenge when there's 20% off on the line? Pick up our exclusive five-gallon Napa Camo Bucket for just $2.99. Then get 20% off all the stuff you can fit in it. Conquer the job with Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Some exclusions apply. Offer expires 11-16-14. make it all stop for a few minutes help me god three deadlines four meetings <sighs> looks like another late night at the office help me god i keep coming to these to forget my loneliness so why do i still feel so alone help me god help me god we all have moments where we feel we've reached the end of our rope. Discover freedom from anxiety, stress, and fear when you spend time in God's Word. Crosswalk.com is here to help you start living a life filled with joy and peace. Choose to read the Bible and talk to God each day. Receive free daily devotionals from well-known pastors and authors, including Max Lucado, John Piper, Charles Stanley, James McDonald, and more. Find the inspiration and encouragement you need for each day sent right to your inbox. Sign up at Crosswalk.com. That's Crosswalk.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Dr. Rick Love is our guest. Uh, His book is out. It is called Peace Catalyst. Uh, Rick is an internationally recognized expert in Christian-Muslim relations He is president of Peace Catalyst International, which devotes much of its resources to peacemaking between Muslims and Christians. Uh, I'm eager to hear more about that, Rick. Will you talk about your work uh, with peacemaking between Muslims and Christians? Yeah. uh, As I said previously, uh, passages like Romans 12, 18, where it says, live at peace with everyone, uh, Jesus' call to love uh, pushes us beyond uh, all of our borders and fears out to make peace with everyone. And Christians and Muslims make up over half the world's population. So if there's any hope for peace in the world, if there's going to be any viable peace, Christians and Muslims need to get together. We need to live in peace. Um, What we do is we get mosques and churches together, Christians and Muslims, over a meal. Uh, We try to break down stereotypes and build bridges of love. Um... You know, there's a lot of bad press, obviously, about Muslims. Uh, So much of it uh, is uh, from some radical extremists. The vast majority of Muslims are just like you and me, Pat. They want to make a good living. They want to be faithful to their God. They want their children to enjoy a good life and uh, be raised and educated well, be raised with a good moral compass and... uh, good education. So, um, but I think when, when we think of Muslims, we, right now we think of ISIS, you know, the so-called Islamic state in, <coughs> excuse me, in, uh, Iraq and Syria. And I think it's, it's important to say that, um, when we confront when our military or when, uh, we face something like ISIS, we need to recognize that, uh, military force alone is, is crucial, especially in certain contexts like this. But we're never going to see a change in, in terrorism and these kind of things if, we, if it's only confronted with force, with bombs and bullets. We need to get to the ideas behind uh, some of this, um, this violent extremism. And one of the things that Peace Catalyst seeks to do is by building relationships with Muslims, we partner with Muslims, and that's going to be a key to uh, confronting extremism and working towards peace in the world. I have many Muslim friends. They are peacemakers, 
And so we see uh, the way that we're really going to be able to address um, the evil of extremism, which is rejected by 99% of the Muslims in the world, is to partner with those peace uh, those peacemaking Muslims, those Muslims who are committed to peacemaking uh, and isolating and, and challenging the ideas behind uh, extremism and modeling a better way. So that's what Peace Catalyst does in a nutshell. Rick, tell me how the average Muslim reacts or responds to ISIS and what we're reading about over there. How do they react to that? Well... You know, it's so sad. So many people say, Muslims don't speak out enough. They're not speaking out. Well, uh, in fact, that they are repeatedly um, in all kinds of different ways, but most of the media does not pick that up. Uh, so I often, uh, like in my Facebook or various, and Twitter, I will post uh, various uh, links that show they are speaking out. Uh, you know, Muslims are weary of speaking out against various forms of extremism, terrorism. It's kind of like if we were always told that the Ku Klux Klan uh, was uh, an example of Christianity, and we always had to spend all of our time saying, no, that does not represent us. No, that does not represent us. So Muslims are, in fact, speaking out. Uh, and the media needs to make that clearer, and it just it just breaks uh, it breaks their heart that uh, this is happening. And and I want to say though um, that while the vast majority, ninety some odd, ninety nine percent would would speak against this, uh, there still are these these um, violent extremists with an uh, ideology that is not mainstream Islam, and so I'm not saying as a peacemaker that uh, we just hold hands and share precious thoughts, everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, there are real evil people that need to be addressed, and so, as I said, there is there is the role for uh, the military, for sure, uh, but complementing that has to be Christian Muslim leaders working together um, to bring peace and to bring change and to uh, de-radicalize, there's two things that need to happen. Is there are people that have been radicalized uh, by false teaching and ideology. They need to be taken out of that. And then there's a whole new generation uh, that uh, could be radicalized, and that's why something like Peace Catalyst, our organization, and getting Christians to reach out and love can really be a turning point, and it's really a long-term strategy uh, against terrorism and against uh, violent extremism. Nothing beats reaching out in love. I want you to talk, let's get back to your book, Rick, uh, the sure. sixth topic, how peace catalysts mediate and communicate. Uh, what are you telling us there? Well, uh, let me give you a little story. I was uh, leading a team in Indonesia and having a conflict with one of the leaders, one of the other uh, members of the team, he was a strong leader, and we had this very painful conflict. And I said, we need to pull in uh, our director and, and help us process these things. He said, Rick, he said, look, you asked for forgiveness. I've asked for forgiveness. It's forgiven. Matthew 18 says that's what we need to do. That's it. Well, uh, he's right. Matthew 18 says that's what we're supposed to do. But uh, at that point, I had no concept that the Bible also teaches the importance of a third party, a mediator. Uh, we see this in a number of places in Scripture where there was mediation. Uh, I think uh, James, the younger brother of Jesus in Acts 15, modeled mediation. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, there's a great text that says there's one God and one mediator between God and humanity, Jesus Christ. So mediation is, is a third party going in to reconcile, when it says to help reconcile people, when it says in the Bible, for example, blessed are the peacemakers, peacemaking implies not just that we work through conflict personally, but we make peace between others. So um, mediation is something we can all do. So 
something we should all do. And at, in some level, in the university of life, <laughs> where we all live, uh, we've done this. And I think my chapter tries to give some concrete, practical steps that uh, will help us in our everyday conflicts, and especially as we try to bring mediation to others. Uh, I think this concept of mediation would have really helped me uh, with this fellow leader because it took because there were other issues in our lives. We needed a person to work through things, but since I only understood uh, peacemaking in terms of like Matthew 18, uh, it took me well uh, well over a year or longer to to really work through at a feeling level the pain, the challenges. So mediation is a crucial tool in the peacemaker's toolbox. Uh, it's central to healthy relationships. We all need it. Give me about 20 seconds in closing how peace catalysts work on teams and in organizations. To me, one of the most important things we need to recognize in conflict is not all conflict is due uh, to sin. There, there are organizations grow, things change, there are cultural differences. We have different gifts, different vision values and personalities. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, peacemakers uh, need to apply Jesus' teaching to these non-sin areas. It's not a uh, problem to have different personalities, vision values, etc. In fact, that's the stuff of life. Conflict is not bad or evil. It's how we address the conflict. Rick Love has been our guest. We've got to wrap up after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. The voices of evangelical Christians. Barbara Craig, Milton, Florida. This is Bud Hanold, Hope Sound, Florida. Maureen Hahn, LaBelle, Florida. Speaking out to protect God's creation. I would like to see the environment protected. That's what God created. I think Governor Scott ought to protect our environment because the Bible indicates as Christians we ought to take care of the earth. I'm pro-life and I'm pro-family. I do believe that we should do all we can to protect our environment. It was given to us by God. Climate change is real. It endangers the health of our children, worsens poverty throughout the world, and threatens our economy. Call Governor Rick Scott and tell him as pro-life Christians we believe care for God's creation is one of the greatest moral challenges of our time. Tell Governor Scott now is the time to act to curb climate change. Paid for by Evangelical Environmental Network. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. We've uh, had a good hour here, and I'm so glad that you could be part of it. Jay Payleitner, our guest in the first half hour, author of 10 Conversations Kids Need to Have with Their Dad. And then Rick Love joined us from the Denver area, founder and president of Peace Catalyst International. And we talked about his new book, Peace Catalysts. Uh, please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, uh, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And my most recent book is out. It's called Ahead of the Game. Ravel is the publisher. Uh, it's the Pat Williams story. And it's in bookstores now in the sports section. And hope you enjoy it. And a, and a wonderful way to check books, of course, is Amazon.com and BooksAmillion.com. In the meantime, have a wonderful day tomorrow at church with your family and a great week ahead. And then we'll be back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, AM 950 WTLN. That's in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.